Welcome to the Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the 14th Sunday after Pentecost for the week of September 3rd, 2023, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig in this week's podcast, and I'm excited that it's Labor Day weekend. This is crazy that we are already at this point, but happy Labor Day weekend, I, especially here in the United States. It's this time where we honor the labors of the work that has happened. I know traditionally in the area that I'm from, you typically say that summer is from Memorial Day weekend to Labor Day weekend because after Labor Day weekend, weird things can start happening and you may or may not have summer very much longer. So it's an exciting time in that way. It also means that the education year for many churches is right around the corner as kids are starting to go back to school. It's a changing time of year, especially as we enter into September for many places. And I think it's this turning point within the church. Again, we've been in the season after Pentecost. We are in that growing season. But it's also then this now beginning to be this changing season of what is that going to all look like. So the question that we had for last week, which was, how are we connected? And I think it's a very good way to think about how we are connected, what roles and ways do we connect with our broader community. And I think it's also one of the ways that as a church, it's how do we connect with our broader community, but I think also how do we connect within our church community. And looking at and being able to work with other church communities, I think is really important. And I think it's something that we're still working through, trying to wrestle with and trying to figure out. And I think it's something that as we continue to go through life, like people, our role within community and our role in what we're able to do changes. And thus, I think it also means that we need to be able to adjust and modify our own behavior as a church and figuring out what those roles are as our society continues to evolve and change around us. So let's just jump into it this week. One of the Old Testament texts that you can choose from is from Exodus chapter 3, the first 15 verses. This is skipping ahead a little bit further in that Exodus story as we had the baby of Moses. It kind of skips over the period of time where Moses runs out into the desert because he has accidentally committed murder as being one of the leaders within the Egyptian leadership at that moment. And here we find him that he is married. He is in Jethro with his father-in-law, keeping watch over his flock. And the Lord comes to him, tells him to take off his sandals and talks to him in the burning bush. And in this moment, you are starting to have the qualms that Moses has of, I'm not qualified for this. Who am I supposed to be? If I'm supposed to be going back and leading your people, why me? But it's this moment where we get God stating and how it's translated, at least here into English, is I am who I am. This language of being sent by God itself. But this idea of the beginning of hearing how Moses, and we actually get this a little bit further in chapter 3, the discussion of Moses feeling unqualified, feeling like, how am I supposed to lead these people? This is not me. This is not my role. I am here for a reason. There has been things that I have done. These people do not need a leader like me. I am not their leader. 
and the Lord says otherwise. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 105, the first six verses, 23 through 26, and 45b. And this is recognizing to give thanks for all these amazing things that God has done and to rejoice in that and be praising God continually because of that and recognizing the miracles and all these things that God has done and being out of the the servant line here of who God has called from Abraham to Jacob and has led them through this period of time. This kind of ties a little bit back in with what we were talking about here with Moses and remembering back even the last week where there's been a transition of time that between Jacob and Moses, there's a period of time there. So this continualization of how long God has continued to be there. And we get a preview here of talking about how he sent his servant Moses and Aaron to be able to help be a a speaking part on Moses' behalf at moments. But this idea of how God continues to be with his people, and this should be done, seeing in verse 45b, praise the Lord. The other alternative Old Testament text this week is from Jeremiah chapter 15, verses 15 to 21. This is a moment where we have to remember the whole book of Jeremiah is the first half of it is Jeremiah warning the people about they need to adjust their ways. Otherwise, the overthrow of Jerusalem is going to happen, that God is upset with the people. And we learn later on in the book, they don't listen to Jeremiah. And this frustrates Jeremiah a lot. But this is a moment where we get to see the heart of someone following what the Lord is calling them to do, even when it's extremely frustrating. Jeremiah has been set aside for these specific rules and functions and how he interacts with the people in general and has been isolated. And we hear in the first half of this text how he's just, can you take this away from me? Can you just deal with your enemies and just let me be? He is overwhelmed with what he's been having to do, and it just is miserable. You see how he's just, uh, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling overworked. And having worked in ministry myself, I can definitely feel this pain that Jeremiah has, where there's just those moments where it's like, oh, this is overwhelming. Why do I need to keep doing this? And this is where then in verse 19, the Lord comes back and speaks to Jeremiah stating that I have not forgotten you. I'm not going to leave you and I am working on stuff here, but I need you to continue to do the work that I've called you to do. I will deliver you through this, but you need to continue to walk with me in that. Even though it's difficult work, I need you to do it. The psalm that goes with that is Psalm 26 the first eight verses of that. And it's this moment where you can kind of build off of a little bit what Jeremiah was saying, that the Lord is with me and I'm trusting you without wavering, but yet there's still times where I doubt and I'm trying to be as pure as possible. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps and be that obedient servant, but there's still those moments where I doubt And I think that the language is a little bit more firm, I think, within the psalm. But it's also this moment where you can see the testing that continues to happen. And it's this moment that, yes, I'm going to continue to sing your praises. But yes, I'm still needing that support at times as your love and glory abide within me. 
The epistle text or second reading is from Romans chapter 12 verses 9 to 21. This is a moment, especially here these first few verses, and I'm going to read them off. It just feels like a list of things that we need to remember. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Extend hospitality to strangers. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty. Be associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. So this list we get here from 9 to 16, what I read off, and there's continuing there. But it's this idea of how we're not too high, we're not too low. In following the Lord, there's always things to be continually being aware of, working on, recognizing. But it's also this moment of being available for God to be able to call you and recognizing that The Lord is working for good in that. So recognizing all these things and being aware to be notice of things that are going on to be available for the Lord to use you. The gospel text this week is out of Matthew chapter 16 verses 21 to 28. This is quite the turnaround from the last few weeks. Peter has gotten called as being the foundation on which the church will be built. And then we have this. So we have Jesus starting to lay out his ministry and stating that he's going to have to be killed and raised. And Peter then, in verse 22, pulls Jesus aside and says, God forbid it, Lord, this must not happen to you. And Jesus then says to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You are setting your mind on human things, but not divine things. And then he gets into this idea of you must deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. For those who will save their lives will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake will find it. This idea of there is a bigger picture than what we're necessarily seeing here on earth at this time in this place. And I think there's a moment here of recognizing that things at times what might make sense in human sense don't make sense in a eternal sense because we don't see the whole picture. And so this idea of trying to have a heavenly focus compared to just a human focus at the time. So before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do our shameless plugs. But Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between the Sermon Brainwaves podcast, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some direction to be able to how do I read these texts responsibly, but also giving me some different ideas to be able to go with the podcast week after week. So if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it. I'd also highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really like how they lay out the text week to week, along with having the art, prayers, hymns, liturgical colors, some daily prayers and meditations that are all available there. It's a great resource. So if you haven't checked out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library, I'd highly recommend that also. Finally, I'd highly recommend checking out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and Green Blades Rising Publications. 
They offer reflections and ways to be able to bring in ecological echoes, implications, and urgencies into how you're reading the text week to week, or if you're preaching this text, something to potentially think about into bringing into your preaching. So if you haven't checked that resource out, there'll be sign-up links down below in the show notes. Make sure to check that out. If you're listening to this podcast week after week, you're really going to enjoy this resource. Feeling unqualified is common. I think there's a lot of times within life we discredit ourselves. We like seeing ourselves as something that that's not for me to do or that's for something special for someone else. And even if you feel like you're being called to do that, there's so many times that it's easy for us to get discouraged. It's easy for us to feel, oh, is this really what I should be doing? or not. And sometimes we get into something and then it's like, oh boy, this is going to take a lot more work than I initially thought. And so then it's, is this worth doing along the way? But I would also argue that those doubts, those fears are also, that is Satan in and amongst us. Because we are designed as in our creator's image, which means that we are creative and we are creative and curious because we are creative. And I think in all that, in that curiosity, it allows us to be this group of beings that is trying to understand more and more and more. And that's, to me, partially what makes science so interesting is yes, you have the science of what we understand at this moment, but you're also trying to figure out what's coming next. Because of what I have learned here, what do I do to take this knowledge and apply to something else and does it still hold up? Or what more information and things can I try because of this information that I've obtained? How many more things can we potentially learn to understand because of this understanding. In the show notes this week, I'm going to have some different articles that I haven't done this type of style in a while, but I found an article that is going through trends that they were looking at at the beginning of 2023. And many of them actually, as we've kind of looked at things, have come true somewhat this year on where science was going to kind of move forward for 2023. So looking at like science exploration and how the James Webb Space Telescope, which we've talked about here in this podcast before, has kind of helped open up our ideas and minds to being able to look into space in a new and creative way. We've looked at even more recently how India successfully landed a space shuttle on the South Pole of the moon, which has never been explored before, and how that is potentially opening up our minds and opening up to potentially new discoveries on the moon. And is it possible that it has some type of water that could be potentially sustained some type of life cycle? We're going to find out probably here in the next few months. We've seen how 2023 has also been a huge milestone within being able to use AI in the primitive stages that it's at and trying to figure things out. In fact, there was an article that I looked at this last week looking at how using computer modeling and AI, using things that it's been able to learn to be able to 
better show how proteins are going to be made out using the DNA sequencing because it's able to take all these different things, calculate, and it's been able to better figure out what these proteins are looking like. One of the other ones that I stumbled across this week too, coming from SciShow, is that we have been able to discover a protein called Flow1, which is used that it's a water sensing protein for seeds so that they germinate when conditions are well. But especially with the climate that we're going into, that because of this change in climate, there's times that we're having potentially more old school plants missing the growing season due to the fact that it's this flow one protein isn't satisfied with the conditions until it gets enough rain and the rain's coming later and later in the growing season. And by having now, no matter how controversial you want to see these genetically modified plants to be able to turn off this protein, allowing these seeds to germinate faster. And then we take care of more of the conditions to make sure that they grow right is another thing that we have discovered. Now, in all these discoveries, it's easy for us to, I think, also say that's for the scientists to do. That's not for me to do. But I think that's where we also have to look back at, especially our Old Testament text this last week, that we have where Jeremiah is questioning, am I the right person to be continuing to bring this message? I feel the burden is so heavy. Am I really the right person? Moses, especially, you start seeing it here in the burning bush narrative, but also later on, Moses questions so much on whether or not he is the right person to be leaving the tribe of Israel at this moment. There's so many different things that he will argue with God in stating that I am not qualified to do this. And when we look throughout scripture, it's a very common theme that there are so many things that disqualifies me from this position. There are so many things. Take Romans. Paul was a persecutor of the Jews. And yet here we look at Paul as one of these great apostles of the faith. And yet he spent a great section of his life persecuting the people who later he would help preach to. There is plenty of reasons that we can come up with where I am not the right person to be doing this. I am not the person that should be called into doing this. And yet it's amazing how often those are the people that we need. I'll attach down in the show notes how NASA, five different discoveries that have been citizen science discoveries. Now, remember, citizen science is regular people who aren't necessarily hired by a science institution, don't necessarily have a scientific background, but because of their interest, maybe looking into something, doing something, doing some experiments on their own, and are able to lead to some great discovery. And This is something that happens multiple times over, that citizen science is some of the best science that can help lead scientists into where they need to be going. Remember, the great citizen science project that happens every year that I really enjoy is the Audubon Christmas Bird Count is another great example of this, where it would be impossible for science to do it without citizens' help in that case. 
citizens being able to donate or help in some small fashion to be able to give better clues on where scientists need to be spending this time and be able to defer that money into the best possible choices. Sometimes citizen science is really needed. And how citizen science is helping lead scientists in many different directions to be able to help us not only from climate change to bird research to heck even having and i'm going to give a shout out to my own aunt doing small things to be able to help like monarch butterflies be able to come back and being able to do simple things that don't feel significant but shout outs to you pam being able to help monarch butterflies and being able to create a habitat to be able to make sure that they are growing and i'll attach that article down below i think this is what a lot of times we put up our own obstacles. We put up our own things that say we can't do this or I can't do this anymore. I've reached the end. What more do I have to give? And yet in those times, sometimes God also says, yes, thank you. And I have something else planned for you. But I think there's also times where, no, I have called you to lead the people into the land flowing with milk and honey. I have called you to give this difficult message to the people of Israel, and trust me, they may not get the message, but I'm still using you, even though it's really hard. Continue to go. Continue to be observant and care for people around you and notice them and be loving to them, even if it's difficult. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Keep praying and be patient in all of it recognizing that sometimes the road that God is calling us down doesn't seem to be the most logical. Peter's trying to call out Jesus. You're building something here. Don't talk about death before it's fully built. And yet, no, that's part of this narrative. You don't get the bigger picture. Peter doesn't understand the bigger picture at that moment. As I am at this moment closing in on 300 episodes coming up pretty soon. It'll be right around the end of September, beginning of October. It's amazing to me that I am doing this. And yet, I remember stating and thinking that, yeah, I'm going to be doing this, but it is a lot of work. It is a lot of time. It is a lot of perseverance. There is definitely times when I don't feel like, what is the science tie-in this week that I have to come up with? But yet, there's times when I do that and it's amazing to hear the feedback. It's amazing to hear how it's impacting all of you on the other side of this microphone. It's amazing to look back for me in my life and be able to hear these narratives that are part of my story and part of what has happened to me over nearly, we're getting close to six years. Those moments when you feel like you aren't hitting something and then you strike gold. It's incredible. One thing I do want to state, and it will be kind of this reoccurring theme, I am planning on doing a special episode, a separate episode, when we hit 300 episodes. And one of the things that I want to make sure I ask is if you have some questions or something that you have always wondered about, or you're just picking up and starting to listen to these and have a question. I would love to answer that in that special edition episode. So feel free to shoot me a message in the email and our social media handles, which are always in the show notes. I'd love to hear and try answering some of those questions for you. But I think 
a lot of times in ministry and just in life, there's a lot of times that we don't necessarily feel like the answers are right there. And yet it's those moments that it seems really difficult that we continue to press forward and we find out cool and incredible things that have happened. We look at how much we could easily say we've learned enough. Why do we keep having this desire to keep learning? But yet we do because that's who we are as people. We are curious people who want to understand and want to grow and like to create. And sometimes the best people to help us along those journey are people who aren't necessarily even in the field. Sometimes it's those people who are just interested and coming from a knowledge base that maybe they don't have all the knowledge and don't know all the facts on everything. But the bliss of not being burdened with that opens up their mind sometimes to the perspective of thinking about something in a new way that hasn't been looked at before. Or being willing to sift through all this data just in their spare time to be able to help discover new things. Or being able to volunteer time to be able to help scientists be able to take the money that is there for research dollars to be able to put it into productive spots. It's amazing that how modern science works. It's amazing how much all of us can make an impact on that type of thing. And it's amazing how often we hold ourselves back. We hold ourselves back from being able to do amazing things. And I think there are a lot of examples when we think about it that there are a lot of the creation, just thinking about migration in general, whether it be an animal or a bird, the concept of migration is incredible. And part of how migration happens is they know they need to do it. And so they just do it. They don't think about all the different things that potentially could go wrong or don't overanalyze or suddenly come across where there's some obstacle in the way. They figure out a way around it or they go through it or whatever. And yes, there's going to be some who don't make it every year, but there's also a point of the perseverance as a group overall should be inspiring to us should be inspiring to us to continue to go and to continue to strive and not be held back by our own questioning, not to be held back by our own doubts. So the question I have for you this week is, where are you being called to continue moving forward even though you're reluctant? Where are you called to continue to be moving forward even though you're reluctant? I know there's been definitely times in my life where that's been the case where I've set arbitrary rules for myself or arbitrary goals or expectations, and it holds me back. And there are certain moments that I look back at certain things and i kind of like, man, I wish I hadn't done that because I think there's more I could have gotten out of things if I hadn't set these arbitrary limits for myself because I was limiting myself and who God was calling me to be at that moment. And I think there's a lot of times we all wrestle with that. And I think it's the reminder then to stand up, brush ourselves off, tell a few friends if we need to to get their support, and dig in. Ministry is not easy, and all our callings is a form of ministry, and there's going to be a lot of times that it is not easy, but it's also important work in what we're doing. Whether it's fully recognized at the time or if it's recognized later, it is important. For me, it's And we'll get into this with the 300 episodes when we get there. It is incredible to be at this point where this has almost been six years of my life. There's a lot that's happened. There's a lot we've gone through together. But yes, there's definitely times where it's hard. 
being on this side of the mic and doing all this and you wonder at times is it all worth it but there's also moments when i receive incredible feedback or incredible small gifts and words and opportunities and it's amazing how little things can open doors and i think it's something that we all need to be able to recognize pray about be patient with the answer and recognize that god's working recognize that our creative mind and our will to discover is who we are and so let's dig deeper whether it be as your full-time profession or maybe it's something more in a citizen slash volunteer position that we just need to follow that calling and dig deeper and so i encourage all of us to grab a shovel and dig in because that's part of what this faith is all about even when sometimes it seems difficult so we'll wrap this up as we always do i pray god blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science